Matt Dinkle wears a lot of hats, literally and figuratively. In addition to being a husband and father, he is a senior manager with Oracle Health and often spends his days in one meeting followed by another. He begins most mornings by choosing hats from his closet and putting them on his desk. A different hat reminds him of the role he needs to play in an upcoming meeting. As a manager, a leader, or an influencer, what hats do you wear? Do you remember to change hats as you interact with others through the course of the day? Thanks for listening as we discuss leading others by changing hats. This is the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network podcast. I'm Mary Kay Blum, and we are really glad to have you with us. We hope you'll enjoy our show as we talk about healthy leadership that we believe is best expressed and most effective through influence. Are you ready? Let's get started. Welcome to our podcast. I'm your host, Rick Shields, and I serve as the director of the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network. Thank you for investing your time with us on this episode. Our guest today is Matt Dinkle, who lives in St. Joseph, Missouri, along with his beautiful wife and two amazing daughters. Matt is a graduate from the University of Kansas and has an earned degree in mechanical engineering with a biomedical emphasis. Matt is also a senior manager with Oracle Health. His family currently attends Renovation Church in St. Joseph, Missouri. He believes in establishing a kingdom culture in the workplace and aligning people's brilliance with their spiritual gifts. And he loves sharing with others about dreaming big. That's a pretty impressive introduction, if I must say so myself, Matt. So thanks for your help with that, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. There are so many different directions that we can go on this podcast, Matt. Uh, you provided me really with some fabulous topics, and I've had a hard time trying to figure out where to start. Typically, I think it's a good thing to start at the beginning, but in this case, I'd like to jump into the middle and see where that takes us. So in 60 seconds, if you can, tell us about how ministry is currently being expressed in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, big focus ministry-wise is really on the gifts of the Godhead and capturing those uh, within my business unit. So Right now, we're focusing heavily on the leadership team and what it means to see how these people naturally operate in forecasting or prophesying or serving, teaching, and then being more intentional with that and aligning them with this framework of how God does that in the Bible and and helping them develop in those giftings, whether they're a believer or not really being intentional with that, praying about that, aligning their brilliance with, you know, where does the word go with this sort of gifting and sowing into them. And um, it's just been a really, really great opportunity being able to put some biblical wisdom in, in with that mentorship. So I'm assuming that this is not something that Oracle has encouraged you to do. I mean, this is something separate from what Oracle does. Yes. And then this really came out of more of a, a survival mode. When I took over the team back in 2015, it was kind of forced upon me very unexpected. It wasn't a path I ever anticipated going down. Um, really, I had to just fall back to what I knew. And all that was, was the word. You see yourself as a leader, right? In most days, yes, and and I say I can I can confidently say I'm a leader in the days that I'm I'm intentional with it and 
know to take on that additional responsibility above just managing. Because I think there is a big difference in between managing and leading. And there are some days I just have to manage. I don't have it in me to lead. And that's generally when I, you know, take some time, go back to my prayer closet. All right, God, we I need some partnership here, need some help here, need to get back to that on that leadership boat. So for me, it's it's a day by day challenge to to continue leading and continue have that label of being a leader. I think it's something. Just so help define that for us just a little bit better, because you said there's a difference between a leader and a manager. Mm-hmm. I think I know what you're saying, but just so that we all are on the same page, what do you mean by that? From a manager perspective, Oracle, Cerner before. So I worked for Cerner Corporation, Oracle bought Cerner Corporation. So Cerner at the time, making me a manager over a, a business unit has their you know items that they need accomplished. This is why we need a manager is to accomplish X, Y, Z. If I leave it at that, then I'm coming in, clocking in, getting that done, clocking out, going home. Where I think leadership comes into play is getting to know the people that are on the team, caring about their future, caring about their development, um, knowing what they're struggling with, partnering with them, serving them. And I think that serving aspect is really the biggest part that transitions a manager into leadership is the willingness to do whatever the team. I I always say, go clean the toilets. Like it doesn't matter how high you are on the pecking order. If the toilets need cleaned and your team's busy, go clean the toilets. I think that's where leadership comes in is seeing where anything, any deficiency there is, you're the first person to go jump into that so that your team can be preserved and have you know better lifestyle it's not just what a manager may say hey just go do this hey person on my team go clean the toilets that's a very manager thing to do so when did you first realize that god was preparing you to operate in a leadership role not necessarily this leadership role even can you go further back is there a time when you realized yeah, i think god's growing me to become a leader yeah i think i caught a glimpse of it in Actually, in college, when doing group exercises, I, I found myself always jumping in, doing very different things on each team, just filling all those deficiencies. I was like, well, this is interesting. This doesn't stress me out. This, It seems that our teams always run very smoothly. And so I, in 2015, the manager at the time was a an incredibly corrupt individual and so someone that's not easy to work for and someone that is just greedy working everyone as hard as they can so it was something that i immediately had to go to my prayer closet and say okay god this looks like nothing but challenges is this an opportunity and if it's an opportunity what is it because being a manager was never on my roadmap but i always loved helping managers and helping my team and fill it. You can fill all those deficiencies and you can lead without that manager title. I think I had, you know, been leading up to that point and that's what provided the company, the justification to make me a manager, but it still was unexpected. And so I think what that 2015 milestone of crossing over into more intentional leadership was you know, just had to be something that I was going to partner with God on because I knew I was going to be in meetings and responsible for so much more than I was capable of at that time and even still. 
So how old were you at the time? It's a good question. I would have been 24. So that's really unexpected for a large organization like Cerner Health was and now part of Oracle. That's pretty unexpected at 24 years old to become a manager. That was eight years ago, but you feel like you've been growing more and more all the time, obviously. Yeah. And it just is, I believe that there's always, you know, God ordained opportunities that come down the pike as well. So I think most of all back in 2015, I just really had to go back to the elementary school days when I was memorizing scriptures. And just as an exercise from going through private school, that was something that I was like, I need to confidently be able to walk into work each day and say that, you know, our, our fight is not against flesh and blood. I need to say, you know, what's bound on earth is bound in heaven and be sitting here a lot more intentional about proclaiming and um, setting myself up for success going into the meeting rather than going into these meetings, getting attacked and being then trying to, you know, combat it in the moment. It's more so going ahead and seeing where I'm going, being proactive in, okay, I'm going to be intentional with this. God, what wisdom do I need to take into these meetings? What scriptures do I need to be proclaiming over this situation? And that rhythm has taken me deeper and deeper and deeper into the organization and really expanded influence more broadly in lines of business well beyond my team. I'm pretty confident that there is no one listening who has never worked for a corrupt boss, (laughs) whether corrupt or just absolutely inept. Yeah, And I'm pretty sure everybody has had that. And had to walk into meetings knowing they're going to be attacked because that's the only way that a corrupt and a manipulative boss is able to control other people is to make them look bad so that it's an effort for everybody else to say, I'm going to fall in line, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. they say, you know, I'm going to do. And you definitely see that temptation as a manager as well. The easy way out a lot of times is manipulation. Growing up, that was one thing that my parents had to be very intentional with helping me navigate as a person was I could be a master manipulator. I can very easily get what Matt Dinkle wants to get. It's a matter of recognizing that and saying, no, like we're, we're not going to go the manipulation route. We're going to go the intentional route, which is generally more time consuming, involves a lot more intentionality. And so, so you definitely see where those corrupt managers come from. It also makes it easier when you've reported to one to say, yeah, I'm absolutely never taking a page out of that book. Let me take a moment to remind our listeners that feedback, I I promise you, really is important to us. So if you have a suggestion for a guest or a topic, please let me know. You can drop me an email at info at doorways.cc, and we'll see how to incorporate that into our podcast schedule. I really do appreciate feedback and input from our listeners. You're listening to the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network podcast. My name is Rick Shields, and I'm speaking today with Matt Dinkel, a senior manager with Oracle Health. Matt believes in establishing a kingdom culture in the workplace, aligning people's brilliance with their spiritual gifts, and he loves sharing with others about dreaming big. On another topic here, what's been the best success in your life? And I'm I'm probably going to say this is a, a on a professional level. Best success in your life and whose influence helped to bring it about? I always find these questions very hard to wrap my mind around. So success-wise, I believe the best success is just establishing a work-life 
um, that's solely dependent on the giftings of the Holy Spirit, Father God, and Jesus. I go into more and more meetings every week that I have no experience in and simply have to rely on God to enable me with the wisdom and insight to continue contributing at the level I am thus far. In regards to just a, a role model I've always had that has done things in an unconventional manner, that was always always my dad. He always had so many stories of um, having to navigate hardship in the workplace that he would just excuse himself, go to the bathroom and pray. The whole atmosphere of the place would change when he would come back out. The presence of God would set in in that place and whatever needed to happen, happened. He had a boss that a lot of times tried shorting him on his bonuses or shorting him here or putting him in these hard positions. And, and he wouldn't engage in that because he did very firmly believe that our fight was not against flesh and blood. He's not going to engage this person in that behavior. He would just excuse himself and approach God on, all right, here I'm at. Here's the the scriptures I'm standing on. Here's the scriptures I'm proclaiming. Um, God, what else? And he wouldn't come out and go back into that that arena until he was confident. And he had the Holy Spirit walking right alongside him giving him the confidence to go in and um, just say, okay, let's discuss that again and completely different outcome just time and time again. And so I was always fortunate to have access to my dad. When you live under the same roof of some of someone with that amount of experience, it helped not having to learn all of those experiences myself, but get excited to see those examples and hear of those examples and more easily apply them in my life. I miss your father. He was a dear friend. He passed away. It's been three years ago this summer. Is that right? Correct. I've missed him a lot. I want to say I have to assume that his leadership and influence played a huge role in your life, but I don't assume that. I know that. So are there other ways you can tell me how he influenced you? I mean, these, not like these aren't important that you've already shared, but other things you want to share about the way that he impacted your life and the way he lived it. Absolutely. He, the one thing that I respect a lot about my dad is the boundaries he had in place in regards to being intentional with his time, the principles he had, but then also how freely he gave of himself in those particular arenas. It, you see so many people in, in ministry give and give and give, but it comes at such cost elsewhere. And that was something that my dad never wanted. He believed in give, 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 but also giving to us as his family, giving to his neighbors. And he had these priorities of these people need to be taken care of, but then there still is time left to go out and freely give. That coupled with his immense humility and just his intentionality, I think is what if you talk to anyone that knew him. He was a very intentional person. If you were going to go out to dinner with him, if you were going to go anywhere with him, he really used every minute you had to have good conversation, to be engaged. He never walked away with a conversation with my dad feeling like, oh, he was distracted that whole time and I got nothing out of that. He was very intentional. And so I've tried taking some of those snippets and ensure that the world isn't deprived of that now that my dad has passed away. You know, there are some of those things that all of us that knew him need to carry that on. You know, if it's something that we missed, is there sure. something that we can 
take that forward. I think one first and foremost with my dad is that when he engaged in a conversation or a situation, it was always scripturally based. And so if you asked him a question or you brought something to his attention, he would almost always first say, well, the word says this. And so this is a, and from that perspective, he would say, this is the scripture I've stood on in the past in situations like this, and then would impart wisdom on how he navigated situations standing on that scripture, rather than just jumping into personal opinion, like many of us do. I I do that quite a bit. I try to find myself coming back to, okay, well, hold on. What does the word say first? And then let's engage. You know, I always, when I would talk to your father, whether by phone or in person, I got done feeling so much better that I'd called him. I always felt smarter. I always felt like, you know, wow, I stood a little taller. He thought me to be, you know, a more important person. He always made me, he always lifted me up, always influenced me in a positive way. And I I do miss him a lot. I, I know you as well, obviously, and at a much deeper level than I do. We need to wrap this up just because of time. Let me ask you this. Is there one important principle for successful leadership and influence that you would like to share with others? Yeah, I would I would say always having a handle on who you're who you're leading and what do they need. Approaching God, seeking out that wisdom to ensure that you know what mindset you need to carry into a situation. I always use hats as my example because I love hats. And so I just always look at my day proactively and say, okay, first of all, what hats do I need to pull out of my closet, take and have on my desk and be swapping out, you know, those days where you just have back-to-back 30-minute meetings, sometimes I'm doing hat changes like crazy. So approaching God, seeking out that wisdom to say, who from my team needs what, or who in my company needs what. And many times that doesn't make sense. There are situations where it makes sense for me to put a manager hat on and we're here to get this done. And God says, you need to put your encouragement hat on. So, okay, I'm going to put my encouragement hat on. I'm going to go into this meeting. I'm just going to encourage my team. That's it. No other agenda. And be prepping for that, proclaiming scriptures of peace and encouragement. And I think John 14, 27 is one that I, I mean, use quite regularly and just, I need that peace to come into these situations, come into these meetings and, and then just embrace whatever God has in store. And then coming out of those meetings, people are impacted quite, quite heavily, a lot more than if I were just to come in and tell them what to do. I hope you enjoyed our podcast, and I hope that you'll join us on future episodes. Please follow us or subscribe so you can be notified when new podcasts are released. Until next time, this is Rick Shields, and on behalf of the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network, this is my prayer for you. May you have rest when you need it, strength when you want it, and joy when you least expect it. Until next time, may the Lord bless you as you follow after Him. Thanks for listening.